What's up, Story Geeks? It's Jay. And Daryl. On today's show, we're going to defend it. The George Lucas era of Star Wars versus the Disney era of Star Wars. A whole new format. A whole new format. We've never done this before. It's going to be really fun. It is. Um, Joining us on this podcast, though not so much as a guest, per se, is our good buddy, Justin Weaver. And... Justin will tell you a little bit more about this format once the podcast kicks in, but he's not a guest on this episode so much as he is the host of this episode and the moderator of this discussion. I love how neither of us like to really argue about stuff, and Justin doesn't like to like choose between things and make favorites, and so yet we're, we're all, all forcing each other to do it. We're all completely uncomfortable. Oh, it's crazy. But we also love to hear your thoughts about George, the George Lucas era versus the Disney era. People have a lot of thoughts about that. You can share those thoughts over at thestorygeeks.com. You can find all of our other content over there, too. Over 120 of our past podcasts are out there plus blog posts from Ashley and Anthony. And you can choose to support the show on Patreon because we're going to have the Aftercast. That's right. And we do hope you support us on Patreon because this Aftercast is going to be good. We're going to dig deeper into this topic a little bit, talk a little bit more about stuff beyond the movies, talk about legends, talk about novels, video games, cartoons, comics, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So don't miss out on that. Head over to thestorygeeks.com. Thanks for listening in. The Story Geeks podcast is produced by the Reclamation Society. Welcome to the first ever episode of The Story Geeks. Defend it. Here's how this format will work. The participants will be given opposing sides on an issue and prepare three points defending their side. There will then be an opportunity for a counterpoint after each point. And finally, the moderator today, played by myself, Justin Weaver, will award a point for each argument for a total of six points per episode. If there is a tie, the moderator will present a question or topic to be addressed by each side. The final point will be the deciding factor. Today's topic will be a discussion between which of the Star Wars eras was superior, the George Lucas era of movies or the Walt Disney Company era of movies. Today's conversation uh, will be pretty limited to the live-action movies, so we're not going to dive deeply into uh, TV shows like The Clone Wars and Rebels or video games, comic books, or novels, but that will uh, come into play a little bit. But I think most importantly, we won't be diving into the Christmas special. Um, That that would really affect where points go. Um, I'm fine with that. (laughs) As you can probably tell by that comment, Jay has been given the opportunity to defend the George Lucas era of the movies as superior, while Daryl will be defending the superiority of the Walt Disney Company era of movies. So, uh, guys, welcome to Defend It. Thanks, man. Yeah, I don't know how this is going to go, but I think it'll be fun. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, did you know that this is the first Star Wars podcast I've been on? No. Which yes. is shocking. That is totally shocking. Yes, I know. And happened? a little bit appalling and offensive. I but mean, we're making it right starting uh, today. It's Thank true. goodness. It's true. So um, we are going to start uh, chronologically, and then we'll uh, be giving points alternately. So, Jay, since you are defending the George Lucas era of movies, you get to make the first point, and then... Daryl, you'll be making a counterpoint. Now, we haven't even discussed, should we give any kind of time limit to these, or will they just kind oh, of be... I guess we'll just go for it and okay, see, yeah. what, Great. see what happens. We can course correct on, in future episodes. <laughs> yeah. 
So the first one I have is we, we talked about it like, like for 10 minutes beforehand because it's a little bit controversial. Oh, we're going there right away. <laughs> yeah, we're okay. going there right away. Okay. I'm excited. This is my number three point, and that is that Disney really crushed the original Star Wars extended universe, and now we have to call them legends. <laughs> and here's why that bums me out. Some of the legends material is complete garbage, <laughs> and I acknowledge that. The holiday special, the, the Han Solo trilogy of books, which I read and then instantly regretted. The Ewok movies that I loved as a kid, but are definitely terrible. So some of the EU is shit, and I totally <laughs> <laughs> acknowledge that. Did you write that down? <laughs> Just, some of it is. He already referred to his stuff as shit. Okay. So. Exactly, exactly. Point, counterpoint. I feel like that's done. my first point right there. Uh, but some, some of the EU, what is now called Legends, is extraordinary um, I could bring up Disney changing directions from the original Heir to the Empire trilogy, but you know what? I'm okay with that, and that's not my main argument at all because I don't care about that too much. My main point is, Daryl, Justin, listeners, my main point is why hasn't Disney acknowledged the amazingness of Knights of the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic 2, and the Old Republic era in general? What are they thinking? Kodor 1 and 2 are two of the best, not just games, not just games, the best Star Wars stories in existence today, and yet they're legends in the Disney era, and they could be affecting the films that we're watching now. We, they could be affecting those films, but they're not because they're legends, air quotes, legends, and it bums me out. That's my first point about why George Lucas era is superior. When did the Knights of the Old Republic come out? When was it released? Uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. Yeah. And when was the Phantom Menace released? <laughs> Similar time frame. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, was what we, it was what redeemed us as fans. It was like, well, we got to put up with that, but we do have Coder. Well, that's what I'm saying. So here's my question. If you have all of these great stories from the Old Republic and stuff like that, yeah. why not put them in your movies? <laughs> So I know the prequels came out before the Old Republic and stuff, or most of them did, but still, it's like the best storytelling seems like it should be put into the medium that most people are going to see, in my mind. So it's like, tell your best stories in your movies, not on a video game, and make it accessible to the most people. It's a fair, it's a fair counterpoint. <laughs> <laughs> So this is a topic that's tricky for me because I would love to see the Knights of the Old Republic come to the big screen. And I'm hopeful that it will because there are currently two trilogies of movies that are in production for Star Wars that we know nothing about. And I would be shocked if one of them wasn't the Knights of the Old Republic. I think that would be one of the best ways for them to use that canon material to bring it into the canon. Um, And we saw in Rebels that they brought Grand Admiral Thrawn out of Legends into the canon. So I think we're going to see more and more of the material that is worth keeping uh, brought into the canon. But we can't make that decision based on this. So um, I am awarding one point to Jay just for bringing up the the Knights (laughs) of the Old Republic. um, I'm hoping that uh, soon that will not be a point that you can make. Me too. Me too. Daryl 3. Well, yeah, I would actually love... I don't know that story, but I would love to see it made. Yeah. 
We have Ryan Johnson and the creators of the Game of Thrones series working on two separate trilogies. And I think the just kind of knowing the gritty nature of Game of Thrones, I, I think that's a really good fit for them. So that's what I'm yeah, hopeful for. I agree. All right. Daryl, what is your first point in defense of the superiority of the Walt Disney Company era of okay. Star Wars movies? <laughs> I'm going to start off really bold. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm just going to go for it. My first point... Kylo Ren. So in my opinion, Kylo Ren is the best character in the Star Wars canon, but objectively, I would argue he is the most complex character in the Star Wars canon. He's the only character that I can think of who you really can't predict where he's going to go. Most everybody else, you can kind of think, well, they're going to stay on the side of good. They're going to stay on the side of evil. They're going to get redeemed. They're not going to get redeemed. With Kylo Ren, we genuinely don't know. Mm. There's no good way to tell. So I think that's super interesting. I think he's interesting because he creates the opportunity for legacy storytelling. We get to sort of see what the outcome of our original trinity of characters is, you know, of Luke and Han and Leia. And... Um, he sort of continues their story in a way. I know they're in these films, but he is sort of like the next era of Luke and Han and Leia. Hmm. And um, I just think he's a fascinating character. I will make the claim now, because I think you might bring this up, that he is more interesting than Darth Vader is. <laughs> <laughs> Preemptive strength. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's what I have to say. So I'm not going to deny that Kylo Ren is a fantastic character. I think he's an amazing character. I think he's a fabulous character. Uh, I don't want to be his friend, necessarily. <laughs> I'm glad he's on movies that I watch. Um, but I would say, not the superiority of Vader. There would be no Kylo Ren without Darth Vader. And that is where Kylo Ren cannot take preeminence over Vader because he is nothing without Vader. Oh, I want counterpoints so bad. <laughs> so, uh, I don't think that Kylo Ren will ever be the icon in pop culture that Darth Vader is. Um, but since we are story geeks, and your argument is that he is a better, more complex, more interesting character, Daryl, I'm giving that point to you. Boom. <laughs> well, well done. Well done. All I right. do have a counterpoint to what you said, but I can use it later, so I'm going <laughs> to save it. <laughs> yeah. In the arsenal. Yes. All right. Jay, what is your second point defending the George Lucas era? Well, I'm just glad that um, you're bringing up characters. Uh-oh. I want to go to characters as well. Uh-oh. George Lucas gave us amazing characters. Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Jabba Princess Leia. Anakin Leia. Skywalker. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Are you? No, no, I'm kidding. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> Objection. Objection. <laughs> Sustained. My bad. Chewbacca, Lando Calrissian, Darth Vader, Emperor Palpatine, Boba Fett, Darth Maul. This is an amazing list of characters. True. This is a phenomenal list of characters, all in a trilogy of movies. And Daryl and Justin, it's not just me saying this. Listeners, it's not just my opinion. The American Film Institute 
re released a list of the best heroes and villains in film. Number 14 on the heroes list, Han Solo. That's above Batman and Superman, by the way. Number 37 on the heroes list, old Ben Kenobi, Alec Guinness. Number three on the villains list. There's only two villains higher than this villain, and that's Hannibal Lecter and Norman Bates, two of the most classical villains in film of all time. Darth Vader makes it number three. I don't know how Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia don't make that list, by the way, because I think they're phenomenal characters. <laughs> like Old Ben Kenobi makes it and Luke doesn't. But what? I digress. Uh, <laughs> I grew up in an era where we became these characters. I became Han Solo because I got to go, that guy's awesome on screen, and I want to be him as a kid, and we got to pretend that we were them. George Lucas gave us those experiences. Characters who would still... 40 years later, over 40 years later, later, be beloved by billions of people all across the globe. All right. Do me a favor. Read your initial list of characters again. Luke Skywalker. Okay. Han Solo. Princess Leia. Okay. Chewbacca. Okay. Lando Calrissian. Okay. Darth Vader. Okay. Emperor Palpatine. Okay. Boba Fett. Okay. Darth Maul. Okay. So you just read off nine characters. Okay. Seven of which are also in my era of films. <laughs> Yes, but they were originated. Come on now. (laughs) I understand that they were originated in the Lucas era, but they get to evolve and move on into this new era as well. And let's also take a look at some of the other characters from the Lucas era. We have General Grievous. No, we don't. (laughs) (laughs) We have Hayden Christensen playing Anakin Skywalker. We have Jake Lloyd playing Anakin Skywalker. That's true. We have, uh, uh, she's so bad I can't even remember her name, Padme. Oh, uh, Natalie Portman? Yes. Yeah. And so I think for as many great characters as you listed, there's also as many bad characters. (laughs) You haven't even mentioned the worst of the worst. (laughs) Well, Jar Jar, sure, but I I didn't want to go that low. Yeah, after assault on the wound. (laughs) But I will say... um, just because those characters originated in your era mm-hmm. doesn't mean they are their best versions of themselves in your era. Oh, how dare you, sir. Because <laughs> the pioneer is not always the best. Mm. Pioneers get a lot of respect for being pioneers, and they should. Absolutely. George Lucas deserves absolute respect for creating this universe. Right. But we learn things. We learn how to do things better. We learn how to make things better. We learn how to make better art and tell better stories. So later iterations of characters can be better than the originals. I would argue that some of those, especially Mm. Princess Leia, it's absolutely the case. Princess Leia is a far better character in the Disney era than she was in the Lucas era. Oh, I wonder how many people will agree with that. I don't know. I wonder if Justin will agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) So... I'll leave it at that. Justin, what do you say? I knew that this would get challenging for me at times. <laughs> this is like choosing between mom and dad. Like, my goodness. Which version of Han Solo? Um, so, I am going to give a point to Daryl in this one. Uh, we get to continue to see characters evolve, and that was um, what I loved about The Last Jedi, getting to know more about Luke's story, 
getting to see more uh, Princess Leia. Um, I love that you brought the AFI into the conversation, <laughs> <laughs> that you were citing your opinions. I like um, that you tried to offend me by saying that Darth Vader was better than Batman. I'm like... That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not. It wasn't Darth Vader. It was Han Solo. He had Han Solo listed as higher. Than oh, okay. Him. That's their opinion, obviously. <laughs> so I am giving that point to Daryl. Thanks. This, by the way, is the most we've ever argued about anything. I know, it's kind of fun. It is fun. It's like finally people get to listen to us argue. That's right. It only took us forever to come up with a topic that we'd be able to argue about. <laughs> <laughs> and there's more to come. <laughs> yes. All right. For my second point, I'm going to talk about a little thing called representation. So Point conceded. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even give him the momentum. Just, okay, okay, I'll go on That's with it. mine. Give it to Daryl. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, our points stand at three points, Daryl, one point, Jay. Uh, so I am excited about what your next point will be, Jay. This point, I think, is my favorite point. That's why I saved it for number one. Uh Uh-oh. And I just have to point out that we've already talked about characters. We've already talked about the extended universe wherein George Lucas was allowing other creators to have a really vivid imagination. But let's just talk about the imagination of George Lucas. I wish I knew his middle name. (laughs) I can say that. I'll look it up oh, for George you. Francis Lucas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. Exactly. George Skywalker George Lucas. George Theodore Lucas. <laughs> the um, third. <laughs> exactly. So. Walton. Walton. George That's Walton Lucas George Jr. George Walton Lucas Jr. The yeah. imagination <laughs> of George Walton Lucas Jr. So I've already mentioned the characters, but just listen to this list. Tatooine. The Ice Planet of Hoth, the Most Icely Cantina, the Millennium Falcon, Jedi Knights, the Sith, the Pod Race, Star Destroyers, X-Wings, TIE Fighters, Stormtroopers, Lightsabers, the Force itself, the Death Star, the second Death Star. Okay, wait, wait a minute. (laughs) And one lapse in imagination. So I'll give him a break on that. But can you imagine all of these things being dreamed up by one dude? So Disney hasn't even released a movie that doesn't take place during the era that George Lucas created. It's all in the same time frame. It's all in the same time kind of uh, era. So George Lucas was an innovator. He changed motion picture technology in order to be able to make these films. And then he pushed the envelope with the prequel trilogy to bring us the era of digital filmmaking. But I want to talk about the practical effects that he used to bring his imaginations to life because they're phenomenal practical effects. He built these models that were just amazing for the imagination. For my imagination to see that happening on screen was stellar. And so I think Disney will always be building off of the imagination of George Lucas. And honestly, they haven't really taken it like too above and beyond what he already had imagined for this. So for that reason, Daryl, Justin, (laughs) the George Lucas era must be considered above and beyond the Disney era because George Lucas birthed Star Wars and George Lucas will always look Star Wars in the eye and say, no. I am your father. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, George Lucas, absolute genius. 
Can't deny it. Doesn't mean he treated his material better than other people have. But I will say, yes, he created all those great things. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to some of those great things he created, we have midi-chlorians. We have Jar Jar Binks. We have Naboo. <laughs> we have Gungans. <laughs> yes. We have all those things as well. Um, and uh, I, I don't think you're correct. I don't think everything that's happening now took place in the era he created. What do you mean? Well, his time frame stops at the end of Jedi, right? But the entire oh. sequel trilogy takes place after that. But those characters are still alive. I mean, those... Yeah, but we also have Rey, Kylo, Finn, Rose. Yeah. I feel like I'm weakening my argument the farther I go. But, <laughs> but we have so much more stuff that he didn't create. Um. I don't know. I feel I feel like I'm flailing here. This is a hard <laughs> one to fight against. <laughs> uh. Yes, he did advanced digital effects, but I would definitely put that under the category of the pioneer is not always the best because every single thing in these new films looks way better than everything in the prequels, yeah. I would say. I would concede that sub point. Um, it, but have it be noted that it is a sub point. But I, I mean, I can't <laughs> argue with the practical effects of the original trilogy. Like... You watch that stuff now, and it still just carries your imagination. <laughs> it's so. crazy. Um, uh, go ahead, Justin. I was not yet alive when <laughs> Star Wars A New Hope was released. Same. Same. But I wasn't alive either. I can only imagine what it would have been like to watch that film and be presented with ideas and visuals and special effects that you had never seen mm-hmm. or thought of. And so I, I'm giving this point to Jay. I don't think there's... Any way that we can completely um, sum up the impact that George Lucas has had on film history, filmmaking, and pop culture in general with some of the most iconic costumes, uh, ships, props, characters, uh, planets, locations that we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So point to Jay. Fair. (laughs) Fair. One of my problems for why I couldn't really argue that point as well is because my last point argues it really well. Oh, really? So my last point is multiple filmmakers. Mm. So in the Lucas era, we have six films, right? Four of which were directed by Lucas himself. Correct. Yeah. Um. And arguably, what most people consider to be the best film of that era was not directed by Lucas. Right. Which would be Empire. Right. Um, In the new era, we have no repeat directors yet. We have episode nine coming out with J.J. Abrams directing again. But thus far, we've got J.J., Ryan Johnson, um, Ron Howard, and Gareth Edwards, right? Yes. Yeah. I I can never remember if it's Edwards or Evans. Drives me crazy. (laughs) Gareth Evans. Evans. <laughs> Just some dude named Gareth Evans is every time this year. So I'm like, yeah, cool. <laughs> but my argument here is you want, I think, different perspectives and different takes mm. on how to make these films is wonderful. Yeah. Look at the Mission Impossible franchise. For the most part, there's only one director who's directed two of those films. The rest have been all different directors Mm -hmm. and they've gone to different places and they sit at different levels, but it makes it a much more interesting franchise overall. Mm -hmm. In this case, I think when you have multiple filmmakers making the sequel trilogy as well as Rogue One and Solo, yes, you have different people 
different writers, different directors, but I actually think there's a more unified voice Hmm. to those films than there is between the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. Yeah. And that's the same guy. That's Lucas. Right. So I feel like even he, when he makes everything himself, doesn't deliver a unified voice or a unified Hmm. product Hmm. as well as these multiple filmmakers. And look at, let's just look at, I realize this is going to get a little subjective here, but let's look at the films themselves. So you have six films in your era. I do. I have four in mine so far, because episode nine is not out yet. Right. So in my opinion, in your era, you have two great films, one good film, and three bad films. Okay, so, so just pause so I can respond to that, just so to get the same kind of rating. <laughs> uh-huh. I would say we have two phenomenal films. We're talking Empire and A New Hope, right? Correct. Okay. Two very good films. Revenge Jedi of the and Sith. Sith. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Jedi. And then two subpar poor films. And in my trilogy, I would argue that we have no bad films. We have three great films and one good film. I would say Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rogue One, great. Solo, good. Nothing bad. I would say in your era you have two, you have one phenomenal film, one great film, one good, and then two good films. But no bad films. But no bad films. And even you admitted that in your era there are at least two poor films. Yes. What were the two good films uh, in the Disney era in your mind? In in, in In my mind, Solo is a good film and the last jedi is a good film it has moments of it has some of the best moments in the entire star wars saga with the holdo um, hyperspace oh. scene and the throne room scene are two of the most epic scenes in star wars of all time ever absolutely keep talking but i just think that some of, i think the rest <laughs> of the, there's a lot of moments a lot of the other moments in that film are subpar on the prequel level mm. For me personally, mm-hmm. which is why it's good. I'm not. I'm not trashing on it. It's good. It's just not. It's good. It's good with great and and with some poor. That's what I would say. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a counterpoint to the storytelling, uh, specifically with the diversity of directors and unified voice? The only counterpoint I have is that when you talk about the different takes that people are bringing to the table and the, how that's really exciting. Um, there's not really that many takes because they're all getting fired before their films come out, <laughs> right? So, so if you take if, if you break it down, who other than Lord and Miller got fired? Gareth Edwards was actually not fired because he agreed to let another director come in and do all of the reshoots for him. Oh, you're gonna bring up Trevorrow too. Trevorrow was fired. Lord but, and Miller were fired. Almost everyone who's been the only person who hasn't been fired actually is J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson. Those are the two people who have not been fired. But how does that speak to what actually did come out? I mean, you still have multiple well, just films coming the, out by different directors. Well, I'm th- I'm I would think that just helps my argument because they removed the people who were problems to their storytelling. It depends story on what your argument is. If your point is we have great films, I go, yeah, you have great films. If your point is. It's so cool to see different directors and their takes on those films. I'm like, well, it's Kathleen Kennedy's take. And if you deviate from that, you're gone. Well, it's Kathleen Kennedy's choice who to allow to give their take. Yes. So it's a very small we still, of people. We, yeah, but we still end up with multiple takes, more so than we had in, in the Lucas era. 
Well, you have. So you. I have, mean, we should be thanking Kathleen Kennedy for not subjecting us to a Star Wars movie directed by Lord and Miller. <laughs> That, I'm not even making that point because I probably I mean, agree with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Colin Trevorrow, I mean, I enjoyed Jurassic World. Most people seem to have big problems with it. I mean, it's okay. In my mind, she's dodging bullets. She's not causing problems. I agree. I'm just not sure that there's a diversity of ideas that are going into it. We might get that with John Favreau and with the uh, I can't remember their names, but the guys that I did don't the either. Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah, we might get we might get some more of that. Um, Obviously, we're going to get that with some of the... I mean, we have Rebels, we have Resistance. We haven't even talked about that stuff, Yeah, which I'm sure will come up. But I, that's my only counterpoint is it's kind of Kathleen Kennedy's vision, if you will. It kind of went from George Lucas to Kathleen Kennedy, who was actually kind of his second-in-command anyways. So... Yeah. Yeah. But Kathleen Kennedy has the wisdom to let other people come in and actually make the films. That I would agree with, actually. Excellent comments on both sides. Here's where my mind is going. Um, when we're talking about a unified voice, uh, if we're talking about the original six movies, that spans almost 30 years. Um, that's a lot of time for technology to change. That's a lot of time for uh, people to change. That's um, it's just a lot of time. And when we're talking about the most recent four, uh, they have come out, come out uh, since 2015, so they've been coming out over the last three three plus years. But I think uh, Force Awakens came out at like Christmas, right? So yeah, just three years. Yeah. Um, and so I think uh, while that's accurate that there's a unified voice in them, um, I also feel like that's a much easier target to hit than the 30 years of. Um, developing new ideas and uh, challenging the status quo in ways that would make uneven storytelling. Um, so I'm going to give this point to Jay. Uh, so after six points, after six arguments, we are standing at 3-3. Three, three. And no one could have predicted this. <laughs> um, so we get to make up uh, a way to do a tiebreaker. Yeah, tiebreaker. Um, moderator question. Uh, moderator question. What I need to ask is just a broader question about which era has had a larger impact on pop culture and the film industry in general. I would say I would say without question that the George Lucas era has had a bigger impact. You had part of it part of it is because it's gone on for longer, right? It, part of it's also because as human beings we're sort of wired to want more of the thing that seems like it's done. And so I just remember I remember being so enthralled by the imagination of George Lucas and his uh, subsequent films that he released as the original trilogy. And I was just so enthralled by that that I carried that with me as a fan over decades without any new material coming out whatsoever, really. I mean, there was games. So I would always buy the new games and some of the books and stuff like that because I was so into it. But that that original trilogy started that and kept it going. And then when the when the prequels were coming out, I was one of the people that was lining up in advance for hours on end to go see those prequels come out. 
And I can't say that I always left the theater with like <laughs> like this giant uh, smile on my face, but I will tell you that even with how bad some of the prequel moments can be, we he still gave us Darth Maul. He still gave us um, at at the time before the Last Jedi. Really, he gave us the best lightsaber battle um, yet in the battle between um, between. Uh, uh, Obi Wan, Qui Gon, and Darth Maul, which is a phenomenally shot, phenomenally acted and stunt driven battle. He gave us pod racing. Um, we got to see Emperor Palpatine, who I think you could you could make an argument that a lot of the performances in the prequels are not that great, but Ian McDermott's performance as Palpatine is right back to where he was in the original trilogy. It is phenomenal. And the way he manipulates people is outstanding. Um, and then even with the Revenge of the Sith, we knew what we were going to get, but it was still, he took it darker. It stopped being like the, you know, obviously a Phantom Menace, uh, what the Phantom Menace was just sort of this, I don't know, Milk and Cookies movie. It was, there was nothing really too deep about it. We've talked about this on the podcast. Here, let's bring up slavery and then not address it really at all, right? <laughs> um, so it, it didn't go deep into anything at all. But Revenge of the Sith got there. I mean, Revenge of the Sith goes very deep. Anakin ends up missing limbs, like burning to death. Um, and, and you know, uh, all Kenobi, Kenobi could say is, I told you not to do that. And I think that but it was just so powerful to see that kind of happen. Um, so there were disappointments along the way, but for the cultural impact that it had, I mean, George Lucas's cultural impact is just outstanding. True. Creating everything absolutely has a big cultural impact. And it had, it was a, a behemoth in the eighties, um, and the nineties and a little bit when the prequels came out. But here's the thing. Mm. If that was all we ever got, if we didn't get it moved forward, which was done by Disney. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they were the only ones that could have ever done that, but they're the ones that did do it. We would have been in a very different place today. We would have been in a place where we have this classic trilogy of films that people our age and older really, really love, and maybe some of our kids are kind of into it because we showed it to them, mm-hmm. followed by three... I mean, arguably disappointing films that followed up that original trilogy. So what you have is something that starts great and over time is fizzling Mm. and will eventually maybe not die out, but as the people who were fans of the original trilogy as it was coming out start to die, (laughs) then it does start to weaken. You know what I mean? It becomes a thing of the past. It becomes, you know, it becomes like, I'm trying to think of, Similar things like it becomes like Back to the Future or or The Wizard of Oz, something that we look back and think of that was great, mm. but it was. Back to the Future is still great, dude. <laughs> That's a but, whole new but, podcast. <laughs> but it was great. Now, yeah. everything has exploded for the entire world again. Yeah. We have new people, young people, kids discovering Star Wars for themselves, not just through their parents. Yeah. We have... I mean, you have Galaxy's Edge coming out at Disneyland. You've got all of this other stuff that Disney has created. We've got the new streaming service coming out. The world, I would argue, of Star Wars is bigger now than it's ever been mm. and would not have been 
had somebody not come along and picked up the ball from George Lucas and carried it in a new direction. Pretty compelling. Um, and I would say, <laughs> not to nitpick specifically, but I don't think Revenge of the Sith went that deep. I mean, what's deep about burning off Anakin's lips? <laughs> it's just... <laughs> It's Maybe just gory. Deep, and the, deep tissue wound. <laughs> and the film ends with Darth Vader going, no! <laughs> and Padme dying of a broken heart. <laughs> hey, man. She loved that guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they should have shown us that on screen then. <laughs> oh. So I'm just saying, I'm, I don't want to take any of the greatness away from the original trilogy. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I do think... Like I said before, had somebody not picked it up and taken it in a new direction, it would not be the monster that it is today. We wouldn't have a new land coming at Disneyland. I was about to look back at our podcast feed on the Story Geeks. It was way too big a project, but I'm <laughs> curious how many episodes we've done on Star Wars. Oh, a ton. That list like would not be nearly that big. Yeah. You know? So I just think while the pioneer and the inception of everything is undeniably great. Yeah. Where we are today, yeah, and where it's going to go in the future, mm-hmm. we owe to Disney. Yeah, it's good. These are some great arguments. <laughs> <laughs> um, ultimately, I love that this conversation uh, is a hand-in-hand conversation that we don't have to uh, separate these universes and these time frames that they both serve each other. That uh, the impact of the original. George Lucas era is absolutely undeniable. And then the resources that the Walt Disney Company brought to the table that will allow for continuing generations to learn more about these stories. Um, And then, like you were saying, Daryl, to actually live their own stories and Star Wars Galaxy's Edge coming next year. uh, It's absolutely incredible. Um, So I am going to award that point to Jay, though. Uh, I, uh, I agree with everything that you said, but I think that going back to the image of Darth Vader with a red lightsaber, I don't think anything in Star Wars, (laughs) they did. (laughs) That's true though. That's, that's absolutely true. Uh, but, uh, that's where I land on that. So, but uh, we don't want this conversation to end with us. We want to hear from you. Do you disagree with how I awarded any of these points? Do you think that there's an argument that Daryl or Jay missed? Uh, do you have a topic that should be featured in an upcoming Defendant podcast? Leave your thoughts in the comments. And uh, guys, do you have any parting words as we wrap up our first Defendant? Only that I feel like I want to argue both sides for every single point. <laughs> it's frustrating. <laughs> it's really frustrating because I actually love the Disney era. Yeah. And so to say that like the George Lucas era is better, I'm like, eh, I might say that a little bit, but like not that much. Like I love all of it. It's all great. So super fun conversation. I, I totally second Justin's encouragement to leave your thoughts on the podcast because there's no way you don't have thoughts as we talked about these things and as Justin awarded points to us. Yes. Uh, but I would like to point out that... Um, Four to three, right? I I win. (laughs) You win. (laughs) All right. Well, that is it for today's show. Thanks to Justin for moderating this discussion. We hope you guys dig this new format. Let us know what you think. Let us know what future topics you might want us to cover. And um, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on it when it happens. Yeah, definitely subscribe. And then also head over to thestorygeeks.com where you can find our aftercast, which... 
We'll be di diving deeper into the world of Star Wars, both the extended universe, legends, canon, and everything else. And if you want additional thoughts on today's podcast topics from Ashley Pauls and Anthony Holder, it's all over at storygeeks.com. That's right. And all supporters of the Story Geeks gain access to today's Aftercast, as well as all of the past and future Aftercasts. So for more information on that and how on our other premium content and how to become a supporter of ours, go to storygeeks.com. If you enjoyed today's show or any of the Story Geeks podcast, please share our show with a geek friend and tag us so we know you're doing it. Thanks for listening. And as always, question everything in your favorite geek stories. And always seek the truth. <laughs>